More than a year since his last game action, the Seahawks are set to finally unleash the Prez against the Giants on Monday Night Football. What are realistic expectations for the star safety in his much-anticipated return? We're going to be breaking it all down on a jam-packed Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. You are Locked on Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12. This is Corbin Smith, host of the Locked on Seahawks podcast, your daily Seahawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Glad to be joined here on Blue Friday by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there, whether you're listening in Anchorage, Alaska, or the great country of Swaziland. We greatly appreciate you making Locked On Seahawks your first listen five days a week. It's a jam-packed Blue Friday episode. Not a normal week. The Seahawks are not in the final phase of their practice week just yet. That'll be coming up tomorrow, but we did get the initial injury report. We'll be breaking that down, including the much-anticipated return of a certain number 33. We'll have our keys to victory, picks to click, and much more. A loaded episode coming your way, courtesy of our friends at the Game Time app. Create an account and use the code Locked in NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now for your lead story here on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks. Seattle has been as patient as possible bringing back Jamal Adams from a torn quad tendon, one of the more significant injuries that an athlete can suffer. He was back in the practice field late August, but they made it clear they weren't going to rush him back. They wanted him to be 100% healthy. He missed the first three games as a result. But Nick, we finally get to see the Prez back in action at his old stopping grounds, MetLife Stadium on Monday night football. And according to Pete Carroll, there are absolutely no restrictions. This is why they waited a few extra weeks. They wanted to make sure that when they did unleash the Prez, that they could unleash him in full and let him inflict some damage, hopefully, on Daniel Jones and a struggling New York Giants offensive line. I think this is a great way to open up his his 2023 season against the Giants. You know, <clears throat> not that there's you know there, there's any easy game, but you know, as Pete Carroll says here, judging from the practices that he's had in the past couple of weeks, he'll be ready to go. We just have to make it through the week and make sure that everything goes right. There's no restrictions at all. So no restrictions, unleashing of the Prez himself, Jamal Adams, and especially if Saquon Barkley can play on the other end, um, you'd like that matchup with Jamal Adams. And I'm still of the opinion, Corbin, that with the, the secondary that boasts, you know, Tariq Wollen, uh, Rick Wollen, Jamal Adams healthy, and also uh, Quandre Diggs and Devin Witherspoon playing at, the, at their level, that is the best foursome of any secondary in the NFL. If all four of those guys are healthy and playing like they're capable of, I would take those guys over any foursome in any secondary that I can list in the NFL. That, that is how talented they are. And we saw that talent on, on Devin Witherspoon uh, last game as well. He played a really good game. So if you in, insert Jamal Adams into that mix and, you know, he's only just a few seasons removed from a nine and a half sack, all pro pro bowl, 2020, 2021 was a little bit up and down. And then we got a brief glimpse of what a Clint Hurts-led defense with Jamal Adams looks like last year. A very, very, very brief glimpse. And you'd like to think that they were scheming for this, preparing for it all offseason, preparing for his eventual return. And, you know, it's going to be exciting. And I think this is a great, great matchup for him to to come into. 
Monday Night Football. You know, there's going to be some storylines there with uh, with the the primetime national broadcast and, and his return. That's definitely going to be a subject of discussion. Um, but really, if if the Seahawks get any semblance of the 2020 you know era Jamal Adams, which is only just two three years ago, I mean, it, he's still he's not old. And I, I really like this 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 picking their spots with being careful with him. And I think that there is some purpose behind when he. Uh, was was given full go for this week. So really excited. That's probably the the number one thing I, I can't wait to watch on Monday night. Yeah, and the Seahawks, we've talked about it since March when they signed Julian Love. They afforded themselves flexibility so that they could make sure they didn't have to hit the panic button rushing Jamal Adams back from an injury that, as John Schneider described it, this is a severe injury. This is one that takes a long time to recover from, normally a full year, and he might not be – quite his normal self as we've seen guys coming off severe injuries it can take a few weeks playing on the field to get back rolling in full but they're really excited by what they've seen I was watching end of August run and he was moving extremely well and it's been a month since then so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do this has been a curiosity for me from a schematic standpoint but I really don't think it's going to be anything different than the little we saw against the Denver Broncos in that season opener where he is going to be moving all over the place they're going to be aggressive with him and I think it just adds another weapon to a pass rush that has started to come to life the last couple of weeks without blitzing a ton but now you have an extra weapon that you can de- deploy in different ways blitzing through the A-gaps off the edge. You can drop him back into coverage and those two deep safety looks, and he's a really good cover guy on tight ends, which this week, with Darren Waller being on the other side, maybe is the best receiving target for the Giants. It'll be nice to have him back out there, and they're going to be mixing Julian Love and Quandre Diggs with him, three safety sets. That, I think, is still going to be the base defense, but this has been a curiosity. We'll see what it looks like on Monday night. As far as the rest of the injury report, it is lengthy once again, but I would tell our listeners not to panic too much. This was the first practice of the week. Again, everything got pushed back a day because of the Monday night game instead of Sunday. So this was just the first practice of the week. Guys like Daryl Taylor and Jaron Reed and Draymond Jones, Pete Carroll had positive updates on them yesterday. This is probably just being cautious, making sure that those guys get enough rest so they're ready to go on Sunday. The ones that are concerning are players like Trey Brown, who's still in concussion protocol, Phil Haynes, it seemed like that was a we'll see approach with him as well as Charles Cross. So there still may be some offensive line injuries to worry about going into this game. But you have Reek Woolen and Jamal Adams both in full. And I know that makes you very excited to have two of your key cogs in that secondary that, as you mentioned, is as talented as any in the NFL. Having both those guys at full participants beginning of the week, that bodes well for them being out there against the Giants. Yeah, this is the you know the the Monday night game in front of a bye. You know that there's a big you know carrot at the end of the stick there. If, the, if they can just kind of patch this thing together with with health along the offensive line, and yeah, if that secondary can finally play um, fully healthy and, and full go, and with with all weapon systems go, so to speak, that would be really 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 great to see on the field. And also, yeah, if if you if you could just figure out a way to win this game, and there is nothing Corbin better, at least in the regular season, of course, than winning on the you know front end of a bye week just getting to sit on that win for uh for uh, over a week for almost two weeks pretty much before you go play the Bengals so this is a big week obviously I don't need to I don't need to say I don't need to preach to the choir there but it's really nice that the Seahawks could get such a diverse versatile weapon in Jamal Adams back for a, a really a big game a swing game you could say for where the season might go 
Yeah, I like the word swing with this because I think for both teams, I mean, if New York can find a way to win this game, they're back to 500 and they're feeling pretty good about their chances to right the ship. But Seattle's looking at this saying, hey, San Francisco's already racing off to a 3-0 start. We can't afford to drop games like this. And so if you were able to stick a game behind them at 3-1, and maybe create some separation with those other two teams behind you in the division, and you've got that head-to-head against the Lions already, that would give you head-to-head wins against two other teams that were expected to be competing for wild card or even division championships going into this year. So it is a critical contest. There's no doubt about it. The, the Giants are going to be looking at it from a more desperate lens because if they fall to one and three in that division, uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to climb back into the race. But that extra game makes it a little bit easier to rebound to with a 17-game season. Nonetheless, this is a critical Monday night game. And so we're going to be diving into the keys to victory for the Seahawks coming up next What does Pete Carroll's squad need to do on offense and defense to go on the road and win at MetLife Stadium? We'll be breaking it all down coming up next year on our Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks, which is brought your way by our friends at DoorDash. If you're missing dessert for your pancakes or just ran out of your favorite coffee creamer with DoorDash grocery delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or we'll make it right. Sit back, enjoy the quality groceries, just like you picked them yourself. Want even more value? You can save all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership with easy substitutions right in the app and the best in class customer support doordash delivers groceries exactly how you want it get 50 percent off your first doordash order up to a 20 dollars value when you use the code locked nfl at checkout limited time offer and terms do apply but let's be clear that's 50 percent off up to 20 dollars on minimum subtotal no minimum subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter the code locked in NFL. Don't forget that's locked in NFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. This episode is brought your way by Game Time. If you've ever been in the hunt for sports or concert tickets at the last minute, the process can be anxiety provoking. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And the Game Time app is fast. It's an easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets. And with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. If you want to go to the Seahawks battle against the Giants on Monday Night Football in the Meadowlands, using Game Time's awesome flash deals feature in a detailed stadium app, you can find awesome seats right now under 45 bucks. And it's super easy. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and game time's guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use the code locked in NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code locked in NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. I'm your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined for today's show by my co-host, Nick Lee. And a special thanks to each and every one of the 12s out there for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, coming up on Monday, it will be a late show. Not on the West Coast, but for those of you that are on the East Coast, with it being a Monday night game, I stay up late 
during those games. So I will be up doing a postcast, looking forward to the opportunity to break down what hopefully will be a Seahawks win over the Giants. But win or loss, we will have our postgame show with game balls, three up, three down, and much more. So make sure you are listening in. That'll be coming up on Monday night. All right, Nick, let's get to discussing this game. Seahawks-Giants, a rematch of two playoff teams from a year ago that seem to be going in a little bit of divergent uh, directions here early in the 2023 season and looking at keys to victory for the Seahawks. They are actually coming into this game as a one and a half point underdog in New York, which surprised me a little bit. But this is a East Coast game. It's at night, though. I really don't think the Seahawks have had issues with that compared to the other West Coast teams. They've actually traveled really well uh, to the East Coast, uh, East time zone. So not really a big issue, especially in a night game, but they are a one and a half point underdog going into this game. What do the Seahawks have to do on offense, in your opinion, to pull off what is being at least viewed by the people in the books as an upset? First off, whenever I see the team I'm rooting for as, as an underdog, I'm always that gif of uh, Don Glover, like, good. You know, I'm, I'm glad it's that way. I would much rather root for an underdog. So um, that being that as it may, the – the thing that stuck out to me is the red zone uh, last week, really the Seahawks could have put the game, put the Panthers away so much earlier had they not stalled out in their first four red zone drives and led to field goals. If those turn into touchdowns this week, that would be a much, much different scenario. So I really want to see the red zone cash in. They, they are still 12th in the NFL. The Seahawks are in red zone, you know, turning red zone trips into touchdowns and the giants are actually 10th. They don't get into the red zone a ton, but when they do, they do cash in and the giants, so um, you, you just really got to you gotta cash in when you get a chance. And especially with some of the pass rushing issues they've had, the run game, the run defense issues they've had, you really got to cash in on those red zones. So when you get into the red zone on Monday night in New York, you can't let it stall out and get three points, especially winning on the road as an underdog on a primetime game. The formula to win is you, 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 turn, you turn three into seven. You, you trade three for seven. You force field goals when they get in the red zone and you score touchdowns when you get in the red zone. You win the red zone battle is really, I think, I mean, that's it's not rocket science, but really that that, that turns into, it's going to turn into one of those games, I think, where the team that best utilizes the red zone wins. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that. I actually wrote an article yesterday on all Seahawks looking at the red zone production. Seattle's almost 20% better in touchdown red zone efficiency right now than they were last season. Now it's a small sample size, but Ken Walker III has four rushing touchdowns inside the 10. He had two all of last year. So they have made some marked strides in that regard, and this is going to be a big game when you're dealing with Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams in the middle. You know, running might be a little more tricky than what the stats show. The Giants have really struggled defending the run, but they do have a lot of talent on that defensive line. It's going to fall on the interior O-line to get the job done, create some push so the running backs can get the job done. But yes, red zone, that is going to be critical. you got to find ways to get it done. For me, the big key going in this game, you got to have an early emphasis on that run game and your tight ends to slow down the defensive line. Because I still look at this Giants defense, Nick, and, and I mentioned it. I know the stats don't bear it out. But we have seen Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams kill the Seahawks over the years when these two teams have met. They have single-handedly disrupted game plan, especially Dexter Lawrence. He has been a major problem, and he's been one bright spot for them this year. He has still been playing at an all-pro caliber level, such a strong, massive human being in the middle. So do you want to slow down those guys in that defensive line and make life tougher for them? Get that run game going. 
quick dump offs to the tight end. That is basically an extension of your run game. And then you're not going to let guys like Kayvon Thibodeau be able to pin their ears back. The pass rush has not gotten it going for the Giants. Don't let them in this game. They've struggled defending tight ends. So I feel like this is really a, a twofold thing where get Ken Walker the third and Zach Charbonnet involved, but also get your tight ends involved. You're probably going to have Will Disley back this week. He was limited yesterday, but they are thinking he's going to be ready to play this week. You're going to have your full arsenal of tight ends. This is a defense that has been vulnerable both to run games and the tight ends. So don't get cute. Take advantage of the areas where this defense has really struggled these first three games and attack them with it. And I think that's going to create some opportunities later in the game for Geno Smith to be able to pick those shots. Yeah, and those and some stats that kind of back that up. The Giants are 28th in rushing yards allowed per game. So you could have a chance there to, to establish the run. And they also have allowed the second most receiving yards to a tight end to this point. So yep. um, really, there, there's an opportunity there. And, and that third point, take your shots, Gino, like what, like what you mentioned with the Reds or the uh, pass rush. Pass rush, the Giants only have two sacks tied for the second to last you know, in sacks so far. They do have some talent up front, as you mentioned, but that hasn't materialized quite yet. And hopefully the Seahawks get a little bit healthier along the offensive line with Charles Cross and uh, and Phil Haynes. We'll see. But um, this is a this is a, a team where you, you establish that run and then all of a sudden you can find them with their pants down a little bit downfield and take those shots. Now, don't get greedy. Don't get crazy. Um, you know, you don't need to you don't need to go Russell Wilson just looking downfield every single play, you know, kind of get stuck in that rut like we saw sometimes. But I think those shots will be there. You just got to pick and choose your spots and and hit it. You know, if if you got if you got a shot, best not miss. And I think this is a this is a game where you know the Giants also are 26th in yards per play allowed. They have allowed some explosive plays, and the Seahawks have have lacked a lot of explosiveness for the most part. And this is a game where you really can exploit that. Yeah, and the safeties in particular for the Giants, it's really been a struggle these first three games. And some of that has fallen on the fact that they have not been able to get home to the quarterback. So Seattle's got to keep that going. Don't let the pressure get to Geno Smith, and it creates more of those chances against a secondary that has some decent players. But again, they have not put it together. And if you don't have a pass rush, it doesn't matter. It puts too much strain on the secondary. So it feels like this could be a game where if you can get that snowball rolling a little bit with your run game, the tight ends, quick passing game, that you could get some of those shots downfield in time against a secondary that has been right for big plays in these first three games. Now, shifting gears to the defensive side, this is really where football games are won. Although the Seahawks the last two weeks have said, eh, we're going to score 37 points each game. They did get a defensive touchdown from Trey Brown. But this is a game where you're hoping that the defense can take another big step forward. We saw the pass rush come to life the last couple of weeks. Second half in Detroit, entire game against Carolina. This is a Giants offensive line that now is probably going to be missing one of their starting tackles in Thomas, former first-round pick out of uh, Georgia, he's probably not going to be available. They are basically going to be resting him the next couple of days and seeing if he's able to play, but it doesn't sound good. And this is an offensive line that has already struggled mightily, maybe the worst offensive line in the NFL to this point. So, Nick, looking from a defensive perspective, for me, I look at the game film for the New York Giants and it's about making them one-dimensional, but Daniel Jones has been especially skittish these first three games. Just watching the tape, like he's got dancing feet. He's not playing with composure, and a lot of it's because he's been under duress frequently. But His Seattle, eyes with the 49ers. The if I'm Clint Hurt, I mean, it's almost the Sam Darnold looking for ghost type thing. It's interesting. It's still happening in New York, just with the other team. But 
I look at this game and I feel like this is a matchup where Clint Hurt, I know the Seahawks have not blitzed a ton, at least the last couple of games. They haven't had to, but you're getting Jamal Adams back. Don't force the issue, but this feels like a game where you might want to take a few pages out of Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator's playbook, because I think if you can get some quick pressure with extra guys coming on Daniel Jones, he has already shown in his career he'll uncork some bad throws, make some bad decisions. He only has two touchdowns compared to four picks this year. I think if you have number 33 and some of those pass rushers up front bearing down on it, Bobby Wagner on an A-gap blitz, I think if you have an extra person coming that's quickly getting in his face, you can make some really good things happen in the turnover department and really force the issue. I think if Seattle gets a couple turnovers in this game, it has a chance to potentially get lopsided. Yeah, this is a game where as long as the Seahawks aren't, I think, multiple in the negative in turnover margin, I think that they win. Um, and yeah, Daniel Jones doesn't scare me. He just doesn't. And yeah, the, the, the memes were flowing with his eyes with the 49ers game. <laughs> um, you know, he's a good kid. I, I feel bad kind of bagging on him, but it's, and he's had some good moments, but no, he doesn't scare me. He doesn't instill fear in me. And what does is a healthy Saquon Barkley. Um, so I think that's another big one. You got to bottle him up and the, the, uh, the Seahawks are actually have been really good so far. A third in the NFL, the Seahawks defense is and yards per carry allowed. I know that's kind of a shocking stat um, with how the Seahawks have been on the run defense in the last few years. So, um, And the return of Jamal Adams, as we've mentioned, um, could prove uh, beneficial there with, with trying to bottle up Saquon Barkley. And really, can I, I, I know we got to we'll talk about another one as well, but with the Daniel Jones pressure, um, can we just talk about Boye Mafe? I mean, Boye Mafe has, has emerged. He's actually third in the NFL right now in pass rush win rates on ESPN's metric third. And so he's just doing a fantastic job in year two. So getting, obviously the dream is to create enough pressure with district four that you can be out in coverage um, with seven, but um, with Daniel Jones, he's proven that he can't handle the blitz as well either. So yeah, pressure Daniel Jones, bottle up Saquon Barkley and the giants are in an absolute bind. And then also getting speaking of getting him in a bind third downs, the Seahawks are second to last in third down defense. They are they have been atrocious. And this is the ultimate like uh, very stoppable force meets a very movable object <laughs> with the Giants offense and the Seahawks defense on third down. We'll see which which terrible object can be moved or, or not. Um, so this is another big one, third down. So I think it's pretty obvious, you know, win the red zone battle and don't give up a bunch of third and tens. And I think the Seahawks are sitting pretty Monday night. Yeah, this is the game. If you can't get third down stops against this Giants offense, the way that they have played it, I understand that there could be a get-right game for them. But don't be the opponent that lets it happen. I mean, Daniel Jones is not playing with the confidence that he played with last year. This is still a team that I don't think has many weapons on the outside. Jalen Hyatt scares me that he may take the top off of defense at some point because of his speed and his big playability. But I still am not scared by their receiving core. Darren Waller, to me, is the best receiving weapon they have. And tight ends have been a problem. I like Jamal Adams coming back and Julian Love being able to cover him. Uh, But I just look at this game and I feel like if you can't get off the field against the Giants offense as bad as they have been, I mean, they're 31st in the league in points scored on offense and they have not been able to produce yardage. They're probably not going to be full strength of the offensive line, as I mentioned, at least two starters down with injuries. This is a game that you should be able to get off the field and get the ball back to your offense and let them do their thing. And so 
yeah, get off the damn field on third down. That has been the one thing in these first couple of games. It's, just, it's been in Achilles' heels for this defense. Even when they've done better with the pass rush, other teams are just moving the chains too often. Got to find a way to limit that with the Giants. Get off the field, get some quick punts, and let Geno Smith and company go to work. When we return, we're going to dish out our weekly picks to click as well as our game predictions. Don't go away. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked On Seahawks, which is brought your way by our friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked On fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. If you're scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. Heading into week four, let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley has a classic rebound opportunity in London against his former team, the Falcons. Ridley's been quiet the past couple of games. Jacksonville's offense in general, the passing game has been slumping the past two weeks, but he will return more to a stellar week one debut form against his former team. The Jaguars will do a better job scheming him open across the pond and make his massive target volume from Trevor Lawrence count big time once again. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks. It's your host, Corbin Smith. Glad to be joined, as always, by my co-host here, Nick Lee, on our Blue Friday show. Special thanks to all the 12s, as always, for making Locked on Seahawks your first listen five days a week. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, coming late Monday night after the primetime matchup against the Giants, we got game balls, three up, three down, and much more in our weekly post-game show. Looking forward to it. Hopefully covering a Seahawks win. Make sure that you are tuning in. It's time for our weekly picks to click. Now, Nick, we're going to have some stats on this next week in the bye, the quarter report card, where I felt pretty good about my picks to click going into. And I'll say last week wasn't a complete wash. Devin Witherspoon still had a very good game. He just didn't get the interception that I predicted he was going to have. But um, your offensive pick to click got offensive player of the week in the NFC. So I think that you are the one that gets to – get a tip of the cap this week. And I'm looking to rebound a little bit here. So let's talk offensive picks to click against this Giants defense that hasn't played up to expectations at this point. Who is the player that stands out to you as the one that you think is going to have a big game on Monday night? You know, I thought about cheating and, and doubling up on Ken Walker the third just because he had such a great game. Yeah, NFC Player of the Week. I mean, all the, all that, all those stuff. I'm going to go with the guy who also won an award this past week, if you're a follower of that NFL Network's Good Morning Football, Zach Charbonnet, running back, won the Angry Runs uh, segment for this past week with that run towards the end zone. I saw some memes where he was put pushing the Panthers defender like into the hole in the movie 300. You know, it's just so many great and you know Avengers where it's Thanos like just bodying Avengers left and right. I mean, it was just a great meme week for Zach Charbonnet, and I'm gonna go with him riding kind of that wave. Um, with angry scepter in hand, shout out to Kyle Brandt and Good Morning Football. There, that was that was a fun to, fun segment to watch. 
Um, so Zach Charbonnet there, and I may, I might even call my shot. So he's slowly been gathering, if you look at stats, just more carries, more yards throughout the, those three games. And I think fourth, this game, first of all, against the Giants, we, we've discussed have not been great against the run. So I think Charbonnet will get a, a healthy amount of carries. You know, Ken Walker will probably still eat more. Um, but I'm going to go, you know, 50 yards receipt or rushing, maybe a, a catch or two out of the backfield and a touchdown. I think that Zach Charbonnet will get his first NFL touchdown this week. So that'll be my main reason why I'm picking him. I think he finally gets in the end zone. That run that he had where he just bowled over the defensive back, that poor guy, it made me think of Thomas Rawls against the 49ers in that game. And there was a linebacker for San Francisco on the sideline, and he could have just went out of bounds, but just for fun, just lowered the boom and trucked the dude. And I see a lot of similarities in the way that these two guys run the football, to be honest with you. I see a lot of Thomas Rawls in Charbonnet with better vision and obviously a a more versatile skill set. But I think from a angry running style, you see the same gait in the way that he runs and just the penchant for delivering blows. So I think that's a good pick. I've talked about tight ends all week, so I got to go with a tight end this one. So why not a player that had a decent game last year against the New York Giants? And that being Colby Parkinson, I think he scores his first touchdown of the season. As you mentioned, the Giants they are second in the league giving up receiving yardage to tight ends, but they have actually not given up a touchdown yet to a tight end. I think Colby Parkinson ends that this week. I think he ends his little drought in the end zone. I just like the matchup against the linebackers and the safeties for the Giants. Whoever they're going to try to cover against him, his size and his athleticism with that big catch radius, I think Geno Smith is going to hit him for a red zone touchdown in this game to help the Seahawks try to pull off the upset here at MetLife Stadium. Now let's flip it over to the defensive side. And I know that you were thinking, maybe I don't want to go down this road, but there's a certain player we've already talked about making his debut this week that uh, you just can't help yourself. I really can't. The energy that Jamal Adams brings to this defense, just the injection of life, injection of talent, one of the more talented defensive backs in football, I'm going Jamal Adams. I can't help myself. And this is a great matchup, like we mentioned earlier. You know, eight tackles, maybe a tackle for loss. And with the the battered offensive line that the Giants have and the, the fact that they haven't played well anyway when they were healthy, um, allowing the <clears throat> fourth most sacks in the NFL, I'm going to go Jamal Adams here to get a sack in his debut, the 2023 debut. I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, blitz boy where that's all he's doing. You know, um, but I, I think that they are going to pick his spots where he is the pass rusher, and I, he's in a very he's a very effective pass rusher, and I think he gets the Jan, Daniel Jones for a sack. So big opening game, big debut under the lights for Jamal Adams. I'm I'm going with my heart here, maybe not my head, more my heart here with this pick. I'm going to go with a hot hand, and it might not be the name that everybody was talking about coming out of Sunday's win over Carolina because he didn't get a sack, but my goodness. Mario Edward, mamma mia, Super Mario. He leveled up in this game, man. I, I had eight pressures, and I know there were a few people on social media that were like, there's no way he had eight. Watch the film. He was just bull rushing Carolina's interior line into oblivion. And, and I actually think New York's interior O-line might be in worse shape than what Carolina's is at this point. Mark Glowinski, former Seahawks, been benched not once but twice in the first three games. They're going to be moving forward with some new guys in their interior, just trying to find a mix that works. 
I think Mario Edwards is going to get that first sack that he nearly got a couple different times last week. He created some bad throws for Andy Dalton. So I'm going with Mario Edwards, five tackles, a sack and three quarterback hits. He had three last week. I think he equals that this week. And so I'm going to go with Mario Edwards getting that one up here and really helping the Seahawks defense out against Daniel Jones and company. All right. Predictions time now real quick, Nick, looking at this game, it feels like the Seahawks have a lot of advantages on both sides of the football, at least from a talent perspective, but you and I both know that doesn't always lead to wins in the league and winning on the road, particularly in New York in prime time, that is going to be a tall task. And the giants, they're desperate, desperate teams can pull things out. Sometimes this is a team that made the playoffs last year. So Going into this game, where's your confidence at the Seahawks can win it? And what are you envisioning happening on ESPN's primetime matchup? Well, the Seahawks are two and two in their last four road Monday night football games. So it's not like it's been some sort of, you know, bugaboo for them. They, they've they've held serve more often. You know, it's, it's 500 last four. Um, I could see a scenario where the Giants, you know, under the lights, juice crowd, they got a little bit mojo there and you know, some mistakes for the Seahawks and turnovers. I could see a game. I can see a scenario, you know, Dr. Strange there, a few scenarios where uh, the Giants do win this game, but I don't see it. I, I'm not in this scenario, not in this universe. I think the Seahawks do win this game. Um, I think both defenses are flawed. Um, the Seahawks are far from a complete defense. I think the addition of Jamal Adams will be a big boost. There will be points scored. I think it's close late. And then the Seahawks do score a touchdown late in the game to maybe make it look you know, more of a blowout than it really was. So I'm going to go 30 to 21 Seahawks. They win by two scores, but it's closer than that late until the Seahawks do get maybe a key field goal or key score late to, to make it two scores. But I do see the Seahawks kind of keeping them a little bit at arm's length as well, um, where, you know, I don't think the Seahawks need to play, come, you know, come back or, you know, play catch up here. But um, this, I think it'll be closer than people think for a little bit there with the Seahawks mostly in control with a good ground game and some key deep chunk plays in the past game and, and an improving defense, especially with Jamal Adams. These type of games always scream trap game to me, but I don't think that that's going to be the case this weekend because for one thing, you know, Pete Carroll, I don't think he pushes buttons the same way Deion Sanders does at Colorado, but you know that he has mentioned or somebody has mentioned the one and a half point underdog thing, like, hey, we're not supposed to win this game. And so I have a feeling that's going to be getting pushed. They are going to want to make a statement and they know the Giants are desperate. They know the Giants were a playoff team last year and they know the Giants are well coached. Brian Dable has had 11 days to get these guys ready for the Seahawks or will have had 11 days once Monday gets here. So that is the X factor here for the Giants. They do have a coaching staff that can get guys in the right spot. But to this point, they haven't been able to figure things out. And I just think Seattle, this is a case where the more talented team is going to win the football game. I don't think Seattle is going to come in trying to sleepwalk through this one. It's prime time. They like Monday night games. They're 12-4 and four under Pete Carroll. They're going to be fired up. And again, I mentioned this on the crossover yesterday, but all three times the Seahawks have been to a Super Bowl, they beat the Giants at MetLife Stadium. So this is kind of an important game to win if you want to make a deep playoff run, in my opinion. I mean, history suggests that. So 
I think this is a game the Seahawks are going to be fully prepared for. And I'm taking it a little different perspective. Our scores are going to be similar. I've got a 33-20 win for the Seahawks. But I think this is a game where the Giants get a garbage touchdown late that makes it look closer than what it really was. I think it's going to be a game the Seahawks sees control of fairly early. I personally don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be able to play. And if he does, he's not going to be able to play a ton of snaps. I just think the Giants have too many injuries. And this team's got too many holes on both sides of the ball. Seattle's clicking. Jamal Adams coming back. The defense is going to be fired up. So I think the Seahawks get a fairly comfortable two-score win. We'll see what happens, though. Monday night, crazy things happen, especially when the Seahawks are playing a Monday night game. Remember the uh, Lions game where Cam Chancellor punched the ball out of Calvin Johnson's arms? Uh, There's always weird stuff that happens on Monday night games for the Seahawks. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Corbin Smith NFL. You can follow Nick at Nick Lee. 51. Subscribe and follow Locked on Seahawks on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you don't miss a single episode. Don't forget on Monday after the game, we'll have our post-game show, game balls, three up, three down, and much more. You won't want to miss it. Enjoy the rest of your Friday and enjoy watching the games on Sunday without having to stress until Monday night. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.